Quick pilot study note. Today we are talking about The Tick, and that premiered on November 8th, 2001 through Fox. But we recorded this previously to Deadline.com, actually announcing that The Tick is going to be resurrected. Um, it is going through Amazon, which we've actually done a theme month on before. And they have, have actually casted a couple parts already, so it's well in the process of being done. A guy we talk about in this episode, Ben Udlin, he is actually going to be coming back on. He's the creator of the comic book, the creator of that original live-action series. He's going to be coming on back on as a writer and an executive producer. So, very exciting. You'll see in this episode that we both like the show a ton, and I cannot wait for this show to come back via Amazon. But let's put 22 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your Shows, but only the pilot episode that means the first show, in case you didn't know. Please. You never know what show they're gonna talk about, but they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantina and I am your host and I am joined as always by Grimes. That's right, living the life of a superhero. Living the life of a superhero. We're here to talk about The Tick. This is our first in four episodes where we will be uh, dealing with superheroes. This is our superhero theme month, and it is in honor of a highly anticipated second season of Daredevil that's going to drop on Netflix on March 18th. Now, before we get started, I'm going to do the plot synopsis of this Tick pilot. It is a live-action show, if you thought we were doing the animated series for a second. But The Tick is a superhero who has been protecting a small bus station and decides it's time to go to the city when he finds a misplaced bus ticket. Meanwhile, Arthur, who's our kind of our co-lead here, is an accountant with little self-confidence or belief in himself, and he tries to fulfill his lifelong urge to become a superhero and loses his job. In their first ever team-up, the Tick and Arthur must thwart the Red Scare, a robot made in the 1970s by the Soviet Union, programmed to destroy the U.S. president, which... Since they're unaware, we're in the present year. It's still trying to destroy President Jimmy Carter, and Jimmy and Christopher Lloyd also appears in this episode. So, my first question to you: You thought this was going to be a cartoon when you opened this up? Yes, I did. And you are you are encountered with live action. You're not a big superhero guy. Is this the kind of superhero show you could get on board with? Yes. Okay. What think... what, what what are the elements that? appeal to somebody like you like that does that really doesn't watch superhero shows at all well i think much like deadpool which should be a modern example of something like this it it acknowledges that it's in the superhero world it makes fun of it It has a little bit of a sense of humor like most of those movies you're not laughing much it's Mm -hmm. all like building up to the big fight against whatever bad guy and then, you know, you either care or you don't. There's not, like, a lot of other stuff. You know, occasionally there's a love interest and whatnot. But this, I like. I mean, I like Patrick Warburton a lot. Uh, Putty from Seinfeld, among other things. He voices on Family Guy. Uh, so he, I would watch just because I like him, and I think he's good in this role. And I just, you know, I like smart-ass stuff. So I knew nothing about this show. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. I didn't read any of the comics. I hadn't seen the, the animated show, which... I thought it followed it. 
you know, usually like when they do an animated show, it's like the live action didn't work, so we're gonna try to save it through like a cartoon. Yeah. And that wasn't the case here. The animated show had come previously, and there's actually some fun history that we'll talk about later about they couldn't bring over a lot of the stuff from the animated show, so they had to make new characters, like Batman, Batman well, yeah, <laughs> who is good. amazing. That's a new character. That wasn't in the cartoon, I guess. Uh-huh. But uh, I could see how this would be a really good cartoon because they could use exaggerated action to get comedy. Like, I just thought Warburton, if this was after, I thought Warburton would have made a great voice of him because he's basically playing a cartoon in this show. Right, right. And, and all that good stuff. So when we when we pick up with this episode, he is at a bus station, like I said, and he jumps down and he's helping this pedestrian get their coffee. And he's like picking up the machine and shaking it and cursing it out like an old Batman villain. He has a very Adam West um, style or way of delivering dialogue so we're, we're really introduced to him as a bumbling idiot and that doesn't really change and i think maybe that's what was so refreshing about this because now like even when they cast chris pratt as a superhero he has to get jacked like we can't, right yeah we he can't, has to become serious like we can't truly have like a bumbling idiot hero anymore they have to be jacked and they have even to even like, seth rogan yeah, they, they can be silly at the beginning, but then eventually they have to get serious. Like, that's part of the plot, like, of them getting serious. Mm-hmm. Being in shape. Yes, and, and, and having awesome abs for, <laughs> for, like, one shot in the movie. Right. So Yeah, I thought, I got the sense that this show is on ahead of its time. Like, if it came out now, it would do much better. Just yeah. by nature, virtue of being about any superhero, even, like, Ant-Man and ones that maybe aren't as famous as Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. Well, uh, you know, I think it could go two ways. Like, you could do a show like this about, like, kind of like a neglected superhero who, like, talks about those other heroes and just isn't as appreciated. Like, yeah. one that kind of existed in the same universe as, like, a Captain America, but was, like, a bad, like, stepchild of Captain America, you know, and just didn't give, like, get, like, the publicity. Um, or you could just do it kind of like the show is now, and it would kind of trans- transform itself into a spoof of all the superhero movies we have, like... At that time when it was released, it was right after X-Men, right before Spider-Man. So it was just just at the very beginning. So there wasn't much to spoof that people, right. would, that people would know about. Like It was spoofing comic books, but not a lot of people read comic books. Or not like a lot of people that watch Fox. Like They're waiting, right, for, and... they're, they're waiting for fucking In Living Color to come back. <laughs> so. And I mean, this show premiered two months after 9-11. That doesn't help. That definitely didn't help anything that came out. Like, I know a Jay-Z album came out on 9-11, and just, like, it was a bad time. We weren't ready to laugh as a nation. Definitely not at Patrick Warburton and CGI antennas. It definitely wasn't a time to have a Russian robot try to kill Jimmy Carter. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the Russian thing I noticed, too. Like, those guys definitely wouldn't be Russian now. They would be Middle Eastern. The, the no. bad guys. Well, what what was it that they? I think it was the new version of Red Dawn, the remake, and it was like it was supposed to be North Korea or something, and they changed, or it was supposed to be China, and then they changed it to North Korea because they were going to upset China. So right. It's like it's one of those countries, though, that it would have been. First off, the Soviet robot that they build, it has a hammer and a sickle, which is amazing. <laughs> I also like that it's so clearly a guy in a suit. They barely yeah. tried to masquerade it as a robot. Well, you know, before we get too much into the plot, because yeah. I'm sure there's be some specific things that we want to talk about, but a little bit of the history. So Ben Udlin, Ben Udlin, who created the comic, also the creator of the show, the showrunner, which I think is a rarity that the, the show, the creator comes right over and is the showrunner. Even in The Walking Dead, 
they have different showrunners with Robert, even with Robert Kirkman being this big figure. So this is a rarity, but he does a lot of other TV stuff. Now he writes on the, the really horrible Gotham. Uh, he wrote on Firefly supernatural, but there was this post that Udlin made in honor of the pilot filming where he talked about some of the stuff. So he said that, um, he helped make a Saturday morning cartoon series called the tick 14 years later. Um, after I gave painless birth to this freaky blue sub icon, the, the, Tick threatens to arrive again, and he talks about the live action. So one thing that he talks about is that um, they had to introduce two new characters. One is named Bat Manuel, who's played by Nestor Carbonell, who's also in Lost. He is Richard, who people think wears eyeshadow. <laughs> and also somebody named Captain Liberty, played by Liz Vassy. And both of these characters had to be new. I believe because they, yes, they lost some characters in the transfer from animated to live action. So they kind of had to build it from the ground up again. So if you've seen the animated and you haven't seen the live action, which I can't think of a single person in our demographic that would have that breakdown. Like no. if, if you saw the car, <laughs> if you saw the cartoon, I'm sure you saw the live action, but it changed and the characters changed. And so they kind of had to rebuild it from that beginning. Now the show was canceled after a season. It ran against Survivor, which oh, wasn't great. And, I mean, the reviews were solid and all that good stuff, but it just it had a tough time slot, and it was kind of weird. And it was after 9-11. Yeah, a lot of strikes against it coming out of the gate. And it was just like, it was weird comedy, and it didn't have much to spoof at that time. It was spoofing comic books. It wasn't spoofing the movies. Like, if it drops today, right. it's spoofing the movies, and everybody's seen The Avengers. Even you, right. even you've seen the Avengers. Even I have seen it more than <laughs> once. So, so that team of superheroes automatically becomes a fun spoof of the Avengers, right. and you have a much better shot of making it out of the gate or making it to a second season. Fucking Agents of Shield is in like its fourth season. <laughs> this could have got a second season. Yeah, this thing would thrive today. It really was just ahead of its time. A victim of a lot of things, timing being one. A character named Jessica Jones is getting a second season at Netflix and had a great first season. So this, this do Netflix shows ever actually get canceled or do the people just get tired of doing it and quit? Like I feel like orange is the new black fucking house of cards, all that stuff. Just they're like, yeah, we were got renewed for three more seasons. (laughs) Well, you're also naming the successful ones. What was that one that you told me about that had like the guy from Sopranos? Lily hammer. That thing had three seasons, dude. And you've never even heard of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just don't give up. Well, the thing with Netflix is we're off on a tangent, but they're trying to build the library. True. They're they like, who, who gives a fuck? We'll do another season. That'll be another twelve hours of programming that people will eventually find. Like, we'll right. make that. We'll make that money back. Like with net network, they have to worry about ads for every single time slot. Netflix just is just like, what... make ten seasons of House of Cards because <laughs> ten years from now, kids will be binge watching it, and we'll make all that cash back. Right. It just shows you that. I mean, Freaks and Geeks got one season. Yeah, it's crazy. So the, <laughs> the paradigm has shifted is all. It's just funny to think about. Judd Apatow's first two shows had two seasons combined. Right, and, and, this and they're both good. One. Like we said, the tick got canceled. So let's let's get into some plot details because, I mean, there's a lot of really funny moments in this and a re- lot of really funny lines. So I'll let you start out. Is there a point you kind of want to start at here in terms of how they pulled off what they pulled off? Well, the dialogue that the tick uses is, like you said, it's basically... 
spoofing Adam West in the old Batman live action show. I mean, he speaks in cliches like the whole life of a superhero intro, Mm -hmm. uh, spread my buttery justice, um, (laughs) slice of righteous combat pie. Like he has a lot of catchphrases and the way he speaks is pretty funny too. Um, I like Mothman a lot. (laughs) Yeah, Mothman's good. That's uh, what's that guy's name again? Alan? Arthur. Arthur. Arthur, yeah. So Arthur is Mothman. He's he's the superhero who doesn't have powers, and he builds <laughs> he builds this suit. And when we meet him, he is dressed in his suit at work, and he is fired for wearing it by Christopher Lloyd, who shoves a woman, just brutalizes this woman that's sitting in a like a desk next to Arthur. He just shoves her on the ground. Would not happen today. No, that wouldn't happen today. He, a little bit of workplace abuse by Christopher Lloyd, unfortunately. <laughs> But yeah. uh yeah, so Arthur's a really good character. He is I feel like he's been in something else. Am I missing him from something else? He definitely looks familiar. The actor's name is David Burke, but I don't I don't know. He seems like he would have been like a person Jerry Seinfeld abused at one point. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> character actor. I'm sure we've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I mean, same with Captain Liberty. She looked familiar, but it was kinda like eh. It was it's very different like what two thousand and one hot is versus now. Like now it would be like a hipster girl or something but back then it was like a maxim lady i i went back and i looked at ain't it cool news's original review of the pilot and they have like they're just known for having like really nasty forum boards and they were talking about this woman and they, and they were saying that those like because she's in this very revealing outfit and apparently like the breasts are part of the outfit you see okay. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, it's not like are. her in the outfit. It's like just a cover, and like they made it look as they want it to look. And I'm pretty sure like somebody brought a link up, and like somebody said that, and then somebody brought a link up, and it was true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, there's like a cutout in the suit, and then yeah. Yeah, it's very very strange uh, that they would do that. But um, it was 01, man. Shit was wild. Yeah, yeah. And like, Fox. Uh, so we have Batman. Well, we have um, Captain Liberty. I think that's what her name is, right? Captain Liberty. Mm-hmm. Is it Captain Liberty? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arthur, who is Mothman, right? Mothman and the Tick. And they form like this little mini team um, throughout the first episode. Um, so Batman Well is interesting in that he is probably one of the only Mexican superheroes. Ah, uh, yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, in like popular culture. I can't think of any others, but I'm pretty racist. He... <laughs> He, when we meet him, he flies onto the roof. So he has the power of flight, and he steps in gum, and he says, "Who puts gum on a roof?" And I love that they make like no effort to introduce him at all. He's just there. He flies. He on the just roof. shows up. He's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Like they don't have to like make this big thing. And the same thing with Captain Liberty, who drops in from a helicopter, a horribly CGI'd helicopter. <laughs> what do you What do you think about Patrick Warburg? Like just generally as an actor. Well, I mean, if if he didn't sound how he sounds, I don't think he would be an actor. I think most of his talent lies in his delivery of lines, whether he was Putty in Seinfeld, Joe on Family Guy. This guy, It's just, there's something about him that you, I don't know, I just like hearing him talk on things. I guess it's that simple, but... It really is all this voice. It's huh? perfect. It, it is a lot of voice, but in this, I mean, like you said, he's basically playing... A live action cartoon so he doesn't have to be a shakespearean trained actor 
Um, well, well, that and everything with his voice, everything he says is automatically sarcastic. I think that's a lot yes, a big part of yes. it. Yes. So he doesn't Definitely. he doesn't really have to act or add any inflection to his voice. Like I think he's on a show called, or he was on a show. I think it was canceled now. It's just in reruns. But I would always see it late night. The one with David Spade. Yeah, Rules of Engagement. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't really acting on that show. He would just say like sarcastic lines in his normal voice, and they would come out as a laugh. <laughs> right. So I, yeah, I never like he was great as Putty and everything, but I think after this, I mean, he's just in Family Guy now, right? He's just doing voice work. Yeah, and he does a lot of commercials, but again, that's voice works. So yeah, I could, I could see him showing up on like season three of Fargo. And yeah, something weird like that. But he's—I mean, I doubt he's going to be ever be asked to be on like True Detective. <laughs> you know? What I mean? no. <laughs> well, he's kind of like um, Raymond's brother, the gi- the giant on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, similar vibe character-wise. Yeah, just kind of always has an awkward disposition. Just all he has to do is talk. So, anyways, so Patrick Warburton's the lead in this, obviously. And first off, killing Jimmy Carter is like a totally a plot I can get behind. <laughs> it's amazing and obscure and they get to president carter way easier all they do is board an elevator this is the tick and arthur who are trying to save him from the robot all they do is board a random elevator and jimmy carter just happens to be in there no secret service whatsoever yeah i mean they just pluck him out of this building where he happens to be and it's on the front page of the paper where he's going to be conveniently um yeah and they just have him so um, what was I going to ask? I have a good question. Oh, so when did you realize the tick had actual powers and wasn't delusional? Did you realize right away? Or I thought it was, he was just delusional for a really long time. Well, there was this scene where he was getting beaten right, a the, lot. Right, the, the, the Russian guy won. The Russian, and he was feeling no pain. And I was like, oh, so he's impervious to pain. Maybe that's his power. And Or like a tick, he can, I don't know bite people or something but <laughs> yeah like, what what can a tick actually do it can just give you lyme disease which oh. really just makes you tired unless you're really old and then it could kill you i guess but his main power is biting his enemies making them tired and just kind of kind of waiting them out waiting it out <laughs> but yeah that's around when i thought like okay so he at least doesn't feel pain right that that's when i because he threw everybody off of him that's when i realized i thought that he was just hanging out at that bus station and was just gonna kind of. I thought it was kind of more like a kick-ass scenario. Right. I don't know if, yeah. If you watched that before, super. like he like goes and basically gets stabbed in his first real encounter. I thought it was gonna have a, a little bit more of a uh, a demented aspect to it, which was me too. I don't know, a little disappointing. But if he's gonna have powers, I guess that's the way they're gonna go. Also, he loves squeezing people's head. Like he almost crushed Jimmy Carter's skull at one yeah, point. Yeah, just like holding him. What was up with that? That was kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. He's like always holding people's head, like he did to Arthur and Jimmy Carter. And I don't really, I don't know. I guess if I watch more, I'll have to kind of try to figure that out. Was there was there a favorite character for you? Because we're introduced to like what four or five people. Yeah, I think Mothman is my man. He's like kind of quirky, sensitive guy, sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and... Arthur might not make it to episode two because at one point, like when they're going out to fight some kind of other creature at the end, he says he's going to fight fire with Arthur. <laughs> yeah, so who <laughs> knows what happens after the pilot. But I would say, yeah, him and, you know, the tick, obviously. But Batman, well, was very cool and clever. Um, 
they were all pretty good, I guess, except Captain Liberty. I thought she was a little much, but obviously that's what they're going for. I think I liked Batman well the best. Now, he also has the line, more strange treats for the Orient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the Oriental restaurant. I thought that was, uh, yeah, a little off. But, the Chinese uh, restaurant is a little bit racist the way they have the main lady there act. Um, I'm surprised they didn't have a dragon there. Right, and a gong every time she shows up. <laughs> but uh, it was 01, man. Shit was, like I said, it was a different world 15 years ago. Things any, were different. Anything went back then. One more thing. Action scenes. We're running out of time, but the action scenes are probably by far the worst part. I think we would agree on that. Yeah, I mean, you just can't do a lot with real people. No stuntmen, no budget. The CGI that they had was bad. You know, it's just not going to look great. That, yeah, so they really have no cash, and there's this elevator fight at the end with the robot, and um, like when they're shooting down the elevator shaft, he, I don't know, they they cut to the outside of the elevator, and of course it looks terrible. It looks like a cartoon for a second. And then I do want to mention this: Mothman flies. He does on his homemade wings. <laughs> with his homemade wings, <laughs> he saves the day. Mothman, who is the regular Joe who doesn't fly, who has like this really crappy looking suit, he flies Jimmy Carter out of there somehow. And we're kind of left with these four heroes at the at the Orient restaurant and uh, about to fight a big fire-breathing something and with Mothman ready to join them. I mean, in terms of like a pilot, they introduced five characters really well or four characters really well. They had me excited for episode two. They introduced some emotional stakes with Arthur. I think I don't know. I think this is one of the better ones we've watched so far. I would have to agree. And they showed that it's going to be, you know, absurdist in the pilot. So if you're not into it, this show's not for you. You get yeah. that right away. And I, I do enjoy that it's kind of set in this weird reality where there's obviously like people are reading superhero comics. They're aware of superheroes. So there's this reality where people are attempting to become superheroes all over the place. Like I think at one point, I think maybe Christopher Lloyd says that somebody bought a jetpack. Yeah, some guy at work bought a jetpack, and you see what happened to him. Yeah, so he must have died. <laughs> also, at the Chinese restaurant, there's a sign that says, uh, we serve superheroes. Oh, so yeah, it's very much like superheroes are out in the open fighting. That That's a really cool part of it, and regular people are blowing their life savings and trying to be superheroes. Kind of like celebrities now. Yes, kind of like celebrities now. This episode was directed <laughs> by Barry Sonfeld, before I forget that. He also did Men in Black, Wild Wild West, Get Shorty, and Adam's Family Values, which is a really good one. Uh, with so, MC Hammer. Yep, with MC. Wait, he was he was in Adam's Family Values? He did a song for the soundtrack. Oh, okay. It's a big hit. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that one before? That's the one where they go to summer camp? Yes. That's, that's pretty good. I like that movie. Um, so he, of course, he's done a lot of supernatural stuff. Well prepared to do this, a lot of exaggerated plots. So kind of the perfect choice um, to take this on. Now we want to do a couple of reviews. Let's do some reviews here, real quick. So, uh, like I said, I was looking at that ain't it cool review, and he said, "Yet I gladly forgive these faults because of the Tick's live action debut, and this is Hercules, made me laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh some more." From the opening in which the title character mistakes a bus stop vending machine for a supervillain to the Mystery Men-esque diner epilogue featuring three of the Tick's fellow superheroes, the gags roll out at a Simpsonian clip. So he was very positive on it. Um, another guy wasn't wasn't super positive on like the DVD set, so he would review it later on. 
Um, even Warburton's non-sequitur outbursts aren't as surreal as those of his pen and ink counterparts. He never even shouts out the Tick's cra- trademark battle cry, Spoon! So <laughs> Apparently that's his battle cry of some sort. <laughs> All right. Let's do some title talk. All right, so what is the title for this? It's just the name, right? It's the name, and then the credits roll in a Comic Sans font. I noted that just for your pleasure. They, they did. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> Go back if you watch it. The shit is Comic Sans. I think it's just the tick logo against a black screen, right? Right, but then as they're showing, you know, he's at blabbing. the bottom. Yeah. 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 Oh. All the credits oh. are in the font Ugh. of fonts. <laughs> So, it's weird that like it was like this they, is what they, we they, react to. You know? They tried to do a comic book one and they didn't. They like were trying to find the font that most matched it, and they went, "Oh, this has comic in it." Right. It was Perfect. like some dad Ugh. learning how to use Microsoft Word, the original. Gross. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, that's what I noted most. You know, you get the title, and then he's you've got the dialogue, the uh, well, the monologue, I guess, over top mm-hmm. of it. And then I was expecting, like you said, for it to scroll down and there's a cartoon. Um, but it was him. <laughs> so not a great title sequence. They probably could have yeah. done like some kind of panel, multi-panel type of comic book type you know, intro, but they did not. That um, probably would have worked perfect for this vibe. But uh, you know, that's why we make the big bucks. That's right. We notice all this stuff 15 years later. All right, last off. We got to do a little love in television. So... How would your spouse react to this show? I think she would react the way I reacted to Fuller House. She would make it about three minutes in and leave the room. <laughs> I I don't know how my spouse would react. I'm not sure. I think she, my gut's telling me she would say it's stupid. Yes, my gut as well. But I, I mean, there would be like a slight chance she would attach to it, but it would just be she would have to like overhear it while doing something else. She could. She yeah. wouldn't want to like sit down and watch this. So I guess that's a no go for both. Now our last yeah. last question, as always, will you continue to watch this theoretically? We have to add the theoretically <laughs> in there now. Theoretically, yes, I would watch a second episode of this show. How about you? Yeah, I I, I really liked it. I was super surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Me too. I, you know, me too. I didn't know why it was canceled. I thought maybe it was just a piece of junk, but uh, I now know. You know, there was other circumstances going on Definitely, in yeah. terms of competition and all that. Everybody was watching Survivor. Like Richard Hatch was walk- walking around naked, evading taxes. Like everybody was watching Survivor at that time. So no wonder this thing lost. Now, it's a different America. This month is going to be Superhero Month. And of course, like I said, we're doing it for Daredevil. Uh, we do have Daredevil on the docket. That's coming in a couple weeks. But we do, of course, want to leave you with a preview for next week. So check it out. Try to try to figure out what we're going to do. And Grimes, thank you as always for joining us. And thank you, sir. This was a good one. This is a great one. Please write and review us on iTunes. Do all that stuff. Listen to us on Overcast. That's my podcast service of choice. You'll see that we have chapters on Overcast. So you can actually go to a specific part in the episode if you don't want to listen to a 22 minute episode well i don't know maybe we're just we just need to hang it up if people won't listen to 22 minutes huh <laughs> i think they can do that but anyways so. we you do never have, know we do have chapters on there so check that out and uh we will talk to you guys soon and that's the premise behind pilot study
next time on Pilot Study. It started as a nuclear experiment, and now David Banner is a man alone, pursued by danger and fear. Because whenever he is angered, the unleashed rage transforms him. Will David find a cure to control the Incredible Hulk? Friday night at 8 on TV 8.